Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, December 28th, 2021, tail end of this year, a slightly better year than 2020, for sure, um, but you know, 2020 was a low bar, a weird year that was. Kind of a lost year. But this one was an improvement for sure, but you know, a lot of a lot of work to be had still. It, it, it kicked off with a bang. Um January sixth, two thousand twenty one. Um yeah. That's a, <clears throat> a day that will go in infamy in U.S. history. Um, it will be learned about. It will not have the same sort of, I, I don't know, whatever, as like the the Boston Tea Party thing. It, it, it will not have the same sort of reverence or something, or, you know, freedom fighters or something. Nope. Um it was a day of America not being at its best and, and, you know, people kind of succumbing to propaganda and lies and manipulation in, in, in the worst way, you know, committing crimes on behalf of someone, you know, um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the people that committed those crimes on January 6th at the Capitol, they are, you know, facing consequences for their actions. Now, of course, the guy that provoked them and, and kind of told them to do it, who was still the president of the United States at the time, he hasn't really faced any sort of consequence yet and may may never. There's, that's kind of the thing with the... Uh, with the January 6th committee, they're kind of on a time crunch. Yeah, because midterm elections come up soon. And um, we only get two options to choose from. Right now the Democrats are in control, but not by a lot. And the Democrats are not certainly a monolith by any stretch of the imagination. They're simply the other organization besides the Republican Party. Um, but... When the Democrats have control and things don't move quickly enough in the positive direction, uh, then the pendulum tends to sh swing back to the Republican Party, uh, the organization that picked Donald John Trump twice uh, to be president of the United States of America. Two different times that organization picked to be president of the United States of America, Donald John Trump. Yeah, um... Now, it's, it's one of those weird things where a lot of them certainly knew uh, that, you know, that particular individual was totally unqualified to be president. But they also knew that their agenda, cutting taxes for the wealthy, cutting taxes for corporations, was not something that was really appealing to the masses, you know. So, you know, there, there was this absurd character that for whatever reason was you know just kind of a cult of personality type that um a lot of people just really dug they just really loved the guy 
certainly not a majority, but enough people kind of spread out across America in just the right way to where Republican Party was like, yeah, this, I think we, we you know, we can actually win with this guy because he's a guy that, you know, he's just dead weight. If you need to cut him, cut cut him loose at some point you can or maybe they genuinely thought that if if that guy became president he would kind of rise to the office in some way and kind of settle into the office in some way and at least kind of pretend to be the president but the only thing Donald Trump's good at pretending to be is Donald Trump he, you know he he's he's good at playing the persona of Donald John Trump the 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 bombastic overly confident highly successful businessman that persona that's a persona the highly successful businessman is a persona of Donald Trump that he plays on TV that was a character that he played on TV there was a game show that he used to host that that was his job prior to being a president of the United States he was a game show host yeah the game show was called the apprentice it was a game show not a reality TV show. No, 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 no. It, it, it was a game show, and and he was the host of it. Yep, that's what he was doing at the time, pr- prior to getting the nomination from the Republican Party. Yeah, and, and so re- really, what the Republican Party was saying with that nomination of Trump back in 2016, and then again, of course, in 2020, was that no one in their ranks was better suited for the job of president than Donald Trump. That that was the best that they had to offer in the entirety of their organization. Donald Trump that that, that was their pick. Two two times and and commander in chief of the United States military and again Donald Trump and when he was running for president the first time, he he was a game show host at the time, yeah, and a, a show that was a uh, on its way to being canceled mostly because he started saying racist things about the president. At the time, it was just kind of weird. Like it was also weird as to why it was news, you know, because him being a racist wasn't really news. That was a kind of an old thing. That's why it was always annoying that he kept getting rewarded all the time, you know. Just like him getting rewarded with his own game show in the early 2000s. He was, you know, he was a has-been. And then, you know, the producer of a game show brought him, brought Donald Trump's career back to life. Isn't that nice that wealthy people have all these handouts for them that just kind of come their way? These golden opportunities that just get presented to them simply because... They're already wealthy. Isn't that nice? That's so good for Donald, you know. Neato. Uh, Because he was such a failure, because he was such a colossal fuck-up, on like a grand, epic scale, over and over and over again, he got rewarded with his own game show, and he got paid a lot of money to host that show and to promote his name. His company's values are basically tied entirely to the value of his name and how well you know his name. Yeah, that, that's basically it. It's all just the perceived value. you know. So he, he sells his name 
to the owners of certain buildings and such, and so they put his name on their buildings to kind of a draw attention, because his name does draw attention. Some positive, but a lot of negative, too, because, you know, he's Donald Trump, and kind of a, just kind of an idiot, but, you know. He's been around a long, long time. You know, our country's had a lot of people like Donald throughout the years. And in the 80s, there was a bunch of guys like him. You know, just these kind of absurd TV personalities that just didn't really seem to care about anything except making lots of money. You know, there was that, what was that, uh, Tanny Faye Baker or something like that. There was like TV evangelists and stuff that would just kind of, you know convince people to give them all kinds of money and they'd use the money to just buy big mansions and stuff and they wouldn't do anything philanthropic at all with it, you know. And Trump Trump was kind of in the same realm. Later up, he started a university that was just not not a university. you know. He's just, but we're kind of a buyer beware society and so that was kind of a, the ongoing thing throughout that whole time, you know. Like, you know. It makes it tough though, because the news, the news would promote Donald Trump's new venture, and hey, Donald Trump is doing this now, and so then people would go buy that new stupid thing he was doing, and then the, and then the news shortly after that would be this, you know, that this thing is going bankrupt, you know, Trump Stakes is going bankrupt, Trump Taj Mahal is going bankrupt, his university is not a real university, so it's closing its doors, it's being sued. The Trump Foundation is being forced to close because it's not really a foundation, you know, and just et cetera, et cetera. There's just so many, just kind of the ongoing saga of a, you know, just a con man, grifter guy. The worst part of it all, of course, is that that's that's why we know his name. That's what he's famous for. He was never famous for being successful and. Who knows where that narrative even started? I don't even. I don't know. Even in his heyday, it was. It seemed to be a mirage in the heyday, and as we look at the records now, it was. You know, he actually lost more money than anyone. But you know, uh, as long as people are willing to buy into his nonsense and you know whatever, vote accordingly, then the party will take advantage, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there's kind of, it's, there is a breaking point, you know. I think Donald Trump kind of uh, fell kind of ass backwards into almost doing the right thing. It seems like he made a video advocating people get booster shots, you know, even though his political message over the last couple of years has been to, to not that the, you know, the COVID's not real and stuff, really, you know, he's actually advocating to get booster shots, you know, so, shit, some of his supporters may actually start getting vaccinated, who knows, maybe the corona starts winding down, you never know, I mean, shit, if, if more people get vaccinated, it, it will start disappearing, that's, that's just, that's just science, you know, it's just how it goes, the only, the main group of people that are getting, you know, seriously ill are the unvaccinated so you know 
and again, even though Trump's saying in a video to get booster shots for his own pure political reasons, at least he's saying it. That's that's cool. You know, he's actually kind of doing something halfway right for once. Even you know, even if his intentions are purely political, you know. There you go. But certainly creates a tricky political situation where an entire political organization's message was basically that they supported that guy. This absurd, ridiculous character known as Donald John Trump, who's been a kind of a D-list, you know, kind of tabloid celebrity for several decades, was hosting a game show at the time. Prior to the game show, he didn't really have a whole lot going on, you know. He, you know, he bankrupted his sixth company. He was just this kind of child of affluence who inherited a ton of money and squandered it all, you know. But was hosting a game show at the time that was a big hit, and and that's the guy the Republican Party's like, yep, this is the guy that embodies our values, and he does. He really does. You know, he, he's a wealthy millionaire guy, maybe billionaire. Does it really matter? Does he have four hundred million in net worth or three billion? What's the difference? It is obviously a huge difference, but to a regular person, there is no difference. Once you get up to a certain level, you made it. You know, you're already there. So, but he—he's a person of affluence, a person who was totally. 100% enthusiastic for tax cuts for wealthy and tax, tax cuts for corporations. He was fully on board with that. So yes, he promised his supporters the building of a wall, and that was like a, you know, the big thing. He was going to lock up Hillary Clinton in jail without a trial, going to build a wall and have Mexico pay for it, and we're going to ban Muslims and stuff. And he sort of made certain four ways into making those things happen. But the main thing he did, the, the the law that he did get into bill to pass right away, early 2017, uh, was a tax bill that cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. And that was four years ago, over four years ago. It'd be almost five years ago. Yeah, pretty soon here. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, so the wealthy got wealthier. Yeah. Um, during COVID... Um, you know, when hundreds of thousands of people died, uh, Jeff Bezos went to space and his net worth increased by several billion with a B billion with a B that's, that's a thousand million. So, yep. Is it directly related to the wealthy getting tax cuts and corporations too? Uh, yes, <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, that that's why Jeff Bezos is more wealthy now. Yeah. Um, because once you already have an exorbitant amount of money, like a billion, one billion, which is 1,000 millions, extremely easy it is to continue to accumulate, you know, substantial sums of money without really doing much of anything. You know, like, yeah, very easy it is. You don't really, you, you do not have to ever work, you know, once, once you become a billionaire. Some do 
continue to work, and that's, you know, maybe the problem, because <laughs> uh, their their ambitions have no bounds. But it's it seems to be just like purely their own individual ambition. It it, it doesn't seem to have any, you know, betterment of all, truly. And it's not truly there if they're allowing themselves to become a billionaire. It actually, if you're getting up into the seven, eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars in net worth, it, it would that it would really take some work to not become a billionaire. You would have to actually work at it. It it would be difficult. You know, it would take effort. Um, if you do nothing, almost you will just become a billionaire by default. And even if you start out with just only quote unquote four hundred million like Donald Trump did, doing almost nothing, just putting it in an annuity, paying yourself 10000 a month, yeah, it'll just keep accruing in value. Even as you're taking money out of the, the investment, the annuity that's paying you 10000 a month, it's still going to go up in value every year. You know, and that's even if it's only earning a very modest 4 to 5% interest. So... Yeah, it becomes extremely easy to maintain certain levels of ways of life once you're at a certain level. So once you have 400 million, you can maintain a very, very comfortable lifetime lifestyle in perpetuity forever without doing anything. You do not need to ever work. And it would seem it would be nice that if the people in those positions felt compelled to work and to work towards something, they would work towards something beyond their own personal luxuries because they already have that in abundance. They don't need to work. All of that is covered. So if you want to work, what are you working for? What are you working towards? It's got to be something better than just your own personal fame and fortune because you already have all the fortune that anyone could ever want. Donald Trump was born that and was just given it as a birthright. But, you know, the, he seems to think that if he gets more, it'll get something. But no, he, he already had virtually everything, monetarily-wise. You know, there, there is no more of that that will achieve anything. You know, he already had it all in that regard. So, imagine what he could do if he pursued his energies into something different besides just accruing more wealth and power. You know, he is... He's not the smartest guy in the world. You know, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed by any stretch of the imagination. Not that funny. But for whatever reason, millions of people really dug him. No, yes, it was mostly because he has tons of money. But there has to be something else there. You know, it couldn't just be that he had tons of money that... He had millions of followers that actually voted for him for president. Um, no, that is, of course, the genesis of it all, but he has to have something. So maybe he really could, like, like Saul and Paul from the Bible, he can reform these late years in his life and, I don't know, devote himself to more philanthropic things, sway his followers to embrace more clearly obvious things that are still like kind of no duh type of things, you know, and he could probably like phrase it that way, you know, like healthcare is a right. Yeah. We're just going to build hospitals and stuff. That's it. It's not government running healthcare. It's just 
healthcare. It's just hospitals. We already have hospitals. It's not reinventing the wheel. You know, it's like, it's not even really thinking outside the box. It's just, yeah, there's a box. So let's put it together or something. I don't know. It's it's just doing the most obvious thing. Healthcare is a right. Yeah, fund hospitals and healthcare clinics. Make sure we have the appropriate number of healthcare professionals. So, yeah, you know, public education, invest in education. So people that want to per- pursue those kinds of things or can get on that pathway and to do it. And so that we have... And then hospitals, yeah. So we have plenty of hospitals to take care of the people. We take a census every 10 years so we know where the population centers are and stuff. And, yeah, so... And, and that's it. Let's not overthink it, you know. I think... The, the kind of stupidity of Trump may help our society to some degree. He, he is dumb, but because some, he's dumb, he views things extremely simply sometimes. And I think sometimes viewing things in a simple, extremely simple way can benefit us. What's the best way to have health care as a right? Pay for hospitals and health care clinics, kind of like the game SimCity, <laughs> the computer game. It, it's a game, but you, you, that that's how you do it, 21st century society. So that way when people get sick or they, or they need medical treatment, they, they, they would go to the place that does that. And you need to be treated by the people that do that for a living. Yeah. How would you pay for it, the person? What, why would you? No, no, the... There's taxes that are collected that go to the general fund, and there's a wide variety of different things that the public funds take care of, like the interstate freeway system, you know, the CPA, wait, no, not CPA, <laughs> EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Some of these things you, you must have, because um, the reality is, is if you have certain businesses that are not reined in in any way, they will literally dump toxic waste directly into water wells without any because the corporation has no feelings it it has to be told not to do something before it won't do something okay um, it, its objective is purely profit so yeah it, you know if you do not have a certain EPA thing then then you do not have protection there's all kinds of ways to protect the people and sometimes you have to protect the people from you know, over from from overly powerful wealthy people you know they can just do too much you know they can get away with a little bit too much and so you know you, you have to have sort of EPA things like that FDA um, but you know also public schools and all those kinds of things There's a lot of things that just society kind of needs that everyone kind of relies on the roads that we drive on the electric grid that are kind of best if you know public funds are using are being used to take care of those things and then not every single thing is privately funded that gets a little messy you know it doesn't work and you're not really a society at all really if you you know if you're not connected in some way you know roads bridges you know infrastructure those kind of things you know that's kind of it's the real basic meat and potato type of stuff of the society, and that's kind of what you need taxes to pay for, you know. 
best tax method is one in which, in my opinion, one in which, you know, the people that don't make much pay little to anything. Uh, most people pay something, but something that's comfortable. And the people that make an exorbitant amount of money, they, they pay a much higher percentage. And, uh, and especially above a certain amount that we all agree upon is way up there, you know. They, they'll pay a much higher percentage above that, you know, type of thing. And that money raised goes to pay for all the expenses of a society. Schools, hospitals, roads, bridges, infrastructure, maintaining the electric grid, you know, making sure we're um, researching and relying on the most efficient, reliable, um, you know, an ener energy efficient fuel source, you know. Now, yes, there may be certain companies that are making a certain thing that are relying heavily on a certain source, but our society needs to decide which energy source is in our society's best interest. And so, yes, for the Exxon company and other oil companies, it's in their best interest, in their opinion, or at least the people who run those companies, they believe it's in their best interest to just stick with oil forever. Our society does not have to agree with them. You know, our society can make a different choice. However, you know, a lot of politicians are bought and paid for by, you know, lobbyists from the oil company. And then, you know, they they make laws accordingly. So, um, but I'll let's say that like the public funds goes to pay for a wide variety of different things. So they, they there are certainly a certain amount of public funds that already goes towards health care. But a lot of times it goes and ends up covering kind of the middleman area, what's called health insurance. So you just kind of fund healthcare hospitals directly. Just make sure we have hospitals that are staffed with medical professionals. Make sure we have public education that's funded. So because you need educated people to be a medical professional, you can't just you know just start doing it. You know got to get some schooling and also for people who want to get schooling and other things the engineers and the scientists and all that sort of thing that we need and the and, and even just skilled laborers you know just, just and just for people that want to get an education you know just a healthier more educated workforce tends to be more productive and stuff too and happier and just more efficient um which you know why not why not be such things? But in the current time, that's not really, we don't really get to, we're not really given a choice to sort of aspire for something good. You know, kind of why not? Why, why, why not just have, it's not really, is it really that bold of a thing to want hospitals? Why do we have to view it as some kind of crazy socialist thing, you know? I don't know. I don't want socialism. No one wants socialism. No one advocating for health care as a right is wanting socialism. That's where everyone makes the same amount of money. That would be dumb. It's just so, so weird that such a simple, basic thing has to be viewed as so extreme and, oh, that means you're a liberal hippie. Really? A hospital? Okay. Uh... A weird time but you know that's 
that's the time we're in, you know. There's like, healthcare should be a right. Education should be a right. You know, on, on one side. And then the other side is, we need to build walls. Lock her up. Build the wall, build the wall. It's like, what the fuck? And then like four more years, four more years type stuff. And keep America great. <laughs> what the? You know. It's a... Uh, strange. January 6th committee is uh, tumbling along though. Rolling along and trying to get their business tended to before the midterms. But... Government works at a snail's pace sometimes when it's undoing things, especially it seems like. But I don't know. Just need more choice because I don't. I don't even understand how the Republican Party as a brand is still that popular. I mean, I get. I totally understand people not liking not liking the Democrats. Totally get it. Totally understand. That makes absolute sense. I don't understand people being like enthusiastically supportive of the Republican Party. That's what I don't get. You know, I I don't understand that. Voting for the Republicans. Don't get it. 2021 voting for Donald Trump. Again, I, I don't really care what your opinions were of Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. I don't care <laughs> how someone voted for Donald Trump. That's the part that's confusing. That is the only part that's confusing. Again, not liking Joe Biden, not liking Hillary Clinton. I get it. Totally fine. I totally understand. I don't understand the voting for Donald Trump part. And that's that's the tricky part, too, because it's difficult for anyone that voted for him, you know, to not mention the other, to explain why, how did you get there? What do you like about him? What is he, how does he represent your values? If you're a Christian, how does Donald Trump embody your values as a Christian? Donald John Trump, of all people, of all people. I don't know how much better he could have been, you know, nature versus nurture, that thing, I mean, like, I think when you're raised to be a certain way, then you're going to be that way, and it's going to be very difficult to be, to undo that, and especially I think when you're rewarded for being the way that you were raised, you know. And that's certainly how Donald Trump's life has gone. He was raised to be the way that he is. And he also learned to be the way that he is because his older brother um, didn't abide by his father's kind of cruelty, you know, and, and, and quest for money. He was kind of wired a little different. And that, you know, beat him down, you know, it shortened his life, you know, being a good, decent person in that family, uh, would get you ridicule, you know, the, the things that most families would probably get you rewarded 
for things that would be subverted and pushed down, you know, and things that would maybe get you scolded in certain families or things that would get you praise in Donald Trump's family. Okay, he, he was raised kind of backwards. You know, he, he was raised to be the way that he is. Now, even though he's kind of a sad, lonely, pathetic man now in his old age, he's, he still insists that he's doing it the right way, you know. You just feel pity for him, you know. He, he just, uh, you know, he, he went all in on, on, on greed and kind of embracing that kind of life fully into the just kind of the dark side of things and the quest for power and fame and wealth and not much else. That's it. That's all he that's all he really desired and he got all of it. And then some. Everything he could ask for. Boy, he sure seems like a happy fellow, Donald Trump, huh? <laughs> you know. You know, I, I, I would not wish his life on anyone, you know. And feel sorry for him. Feel pity for him. You know, he's a sad old man. You know, he's an old old man now, and he he's lived his life that way for a long, long time. You know, and uh, it doesn't look good. You know, it doesn't look good. I don't really see why people view Donald Trump's life as appealing. You got to look past all that golden stuff. You know. Look at the look into the man's eyes. Look at his body language. He's not happy. Okay? He's not. <laughs> it you know. Um I know he's trying to present himself as being happy because he's got so much stuff. Look at all the stuff that he's got. He wears a nice suit every single day. Golf's on fancy golf courses all around the world. He must be happy. Look at all the stuff he's got. Yeah. He he doesn't fool me, man, you know? It's just he's such a sad, pathetic character. But he did it, you know. He actually became president of the United States of America. I mean like he he full, he pulled off the one last great con of his dubious career. I don't know how he was I don't know how he's been able to do it for so many years. It's just like I was like a child when he was in his heyday and i i remember just not understanding why he was a thing what like what does that guy do you know kind of thing like what and then when that stupid book the art of the deal came out like that guy didn't write a book you know like there's no way that guy wrote a book and he didn't tony schwartz wrote the book you know but it was just this weird thing where like i knew the whole time that he was a con man and i and i thought Plenty of other people did too, but I, I realized as a kid that there are some adults that make really dumb decisions, really stupid decisions. Like, like when Art of the Deal came out, and they would, there was news of people like waiting in line to get that stupid book. You know, like I'm sure Tony Schwartz is a good writer, but why would you want to get a book about Donald Trump? Like, at that time, anyway. It was at his heyday, and it was just confusing. It was, I remember being a kid and just trying to process the world. And he was one of those weird anomalies, you know, that kind of, he, he didn't fall into that adage of, you know, if you work hard and you can be successful, because he, he wasn't any of that, you know. He, he was more the, if you were born privileged, 
then it doesn't really matter how often you screw up. You can just stay a privileged person. You don't have to be successful in anything. And you can just sort of linger around forever simply because you were born with lots of money. That's more what he was. You know, he was afforded a certain life because of the privilege that he was born into. He inherited $400 million. You know, that's not self-made. But it was this ongoing goofy saga that I was following peripherally for several decades. You know, and <laughs> I remember when the like the beginnings of that campaign. I just I I, I genuinely, sincerely thought that at any moment it, the the bottom's going to drop out, and he was just <laughs> he'll just disappear like he always does from the presidential race, going all the way back to the early '90s when I was in elementary school. He'll he'll disappear and go away, but. Just keep lingering around, you know? Just keep lingering around. Like this. I don't know. Got to have more choice in this country. There's just got to be more choice. There's no way a guy like Trump becomes President of the United States if there's 10 or so or something legitimate options to choose from. It's got to be something to where... Yeah, we got to do the primary better. Maybe the the primary needs to be redone, where it's maybe it's like, you know, the primaries, everyone who wants to run runs, that's in it, you know, whatever, and then the top two candidates, they're they're the two options on the general election, plus the write-in vote, of course. There would always be the write-in option, you know, if you don't like either option that's on your ballot, write in an option. Most likely that one is not going to get enough votes to win, but you always have that option. But the general election really should just be the two finalists, or three finalists, whatever, you know. But primary, everyone runs. And so, in other words, regardless of political affiliation, you know, just the top two, three, whatever candidates, they make it to the general It makes more logical sense to me, this whole idea of, well, okay, because there's sometimes where some, in certain primaries, there'll just be way greater levels of participation. Like you might have 40 million people participate in one um, party's primary, and in the other primary, there might only be 18 million or something. You know, so it's like, why is each one of those the only two options? Then? You know, it seems like. There really should be like kind of a first, second choice type thing, really. So it's like all the candidates that are interested, regardless of political affiliation, they all run various primaries and run, like, you know, run through to an actual primary vote. And then everyone votes in the primary that wants to vote in the primary, you know. And then the top, whatever, pick a number, make it to the general, regardless of political affiliation. You know, so maybe in the, you know, presidential race, there's two Democrats, two Republicans or something in, the, in if you had it to four or something or whatever. Or maybe even there is three in one organization, but if that's what there is, then that's what there is. You know, there's... 
I don't know. Our system definitely needs some tweaking. That's one of the benefits also to Trump and his kind of absurdity and the craziness of his four years. He, you know, there, there's a lot of imperfections in our government, and he exposed some. Another imperfection is that a Supreme Court justice can serve for a lifetime. That is a flaw. That's an obvious imperfection. Um, you know, that's an imperfection that was exposed a few times because, you know, when a Supreme Court justice dies, then it's it, it's an it's an either depending on which organization is in power, an either mad scramble to fill a seat real quickly, or a stall for months on end. And it just kind of depends on the mood of the organization that's in power. And it becomes this weird political thing capitalizing on a Supreme Court justice dying. And it's uh, <coughs> we need to find a way to get away from that. <laughs> and I think one of the easiest is just knowing when their terms are going to be coming up. So 20, 25 years is plenty plenty long for a tenure as a judge on the Supreme Court so um, but that's another you know weakness that was exposed under Trump because you got three Supreme Court justices confirmed and that's yeah kind of scary that guy of all people what a crazy world but he is under investigation for insurance fraud and tax fraud and, you know, it, I don't know how, I don't, I don't really understand how that guy passes a background check. How is he even eligible to run in 2024? How can he possibly still be eligible? There's got to be, there's no law that that guy's broken to at least make him ineligible for the job. That while he had that job, he abused his power. He's just automatically eligible. The organization that loves them so much. They don't have anybody else they could pick. He's it. It's like, you got to find a way to move on from that guy. It's one of the people who love him so much. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, pay, pay some kind of resti restitution at some point. And, but also, hopefully, you know, forms and becomes better and, but that might be a little bit more wishful thinking. <clears throat> Optimistic about this new year coming up, but it's going to be a squarely weird year. I, democracy is tumultuous, and uh, it's never perfectly steady. Uh, a movement was created under the Trump era, but it's a movement that might just sort of dissipate, have its wind kind of knocked out of it um, fairly quickly, not through violence or anything like that, no, just through kind of uh, the wind kind of leaving their sails, you know. Um, there's only so much about Donald Trump that can get out there, only so much information that gets seep, starts seeping into people's ears before it, it, it becomes too much to deny. You know, um, you could only, people can pretend for so, only so long that he's some wildly successful person before it 
you know, the, the cold, glaring truth eventually seeps through. And um, as embarrassing as it may be, and uh, kind of timid as you may feel about it, uh, you will eventually come to that resolution that, yes, you were conned. And yes, millions of other people were too. And that's okay. It happens to the best of us. You know, we all get conned from time to time. Donald John Trump was and is a con man. If you voted for him, that means you were conned. It doesn't matter how many other people conned that he, that he conned. It doesn't, you know, just because there was tons of them, it doesn't mean they weren't conned. That's, that's what he was. He was a con man. But it's okay. We can move on from it and um, learn from our mistakes, you know. We all make mistakes sometimes. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll stop electing people like him, you know. Individualist, opportunist. And, and in Trump's case, uh, you know, a person that psychiatrists and stuff felt uh, compelled to write a book about. Um, dangerous case of Donald Trump. It's just... He's not, regardless of political affiliation, you know, too, and the role of government, he's just not the type of personality that should be presented with such power. Um, it's just not really what he was. He was kind of annoying enough as just a D-list celebrity, but, you know, whatever. He had, that, that was his space. That was his contribution to society, if you will. It's just to kind of be a, you know, absurd, ridiculous person that, you know, has his name on buildings and, uh, you know, and then eventually hosts a show and stuff. And he's just kind of around and inserts his name into stuff. That's, that's what he was. But that's always what he was. And so even as president, that's all he knew really how to do. He didn't really have any, you know, experience managing things, really. That's that's not really, certainly not managing to any effectiveness. You know, that's, that's not what he was. He was just kind of a celebrity. He was just kind of a personality. But, you know, so, you know, the country's kind of going through the consequences of it, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of continue to for a while, because some people, you know, obviously st still don't know that Trump is a con man. Um, but they they want to believe otherwise. And that, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, the sooner they get to the realization of what Trump is, the better for our society. But... Um, it, it may very well be that some people never get there. Um, but the, the more people that do get there, the better it's, society has to get to a point where, you know, healthcare is right, school is the right, yeah, and to have a good, safe, reliable infrastructure. All those things are jobs, of course. And all those things help uh, increase efficiency and productivity and those kind of things. None of those things mean socialism. All of those things certainly mean small business and, and business, you know, certainly. Yeah, and in fact, maybe even more reliable, steady growth type business and stuff when you have a more healthy, educated populace. They tend to be more productive.
tend to be a more diversified economy as well. More specialization. So just greater, more diverse opportunities when uh, there's an economy that invests directly in the people doing, you know, all, all the work. So why not? So those kind of things certainly become more of an option when, you know, fewer people are digging the Trumpism thing and and the trickle-down economics thing that the Republican Party supports. Um, once people kind of move away from that and start just, you don't have to think it's a hippie thing. You know, I've been to a hospital before. I've seen, you know, I mean, they're already there, you know, they already exist. So it's not, it's not some weird, crazy thing. You know, just making sure that they're well-funded and well-staffed so that they can take care of the population that's in the area, you know. And if there isn't a hospital in the area, let's make sure there's we get one there, you know, so we can take care of the people in the area. Yeah. And, of course, if it means that, you know, the person making over $10 million in a year has to pay a higher tax rate, okay. That's fine. They'll be fine. They'll be okay. They're going to be all right. They're not going to become poor or anything. Nope. Yeah, even if it's a crazy amount, like say 70% of your earnings above $10 million, yeah, that doesn't mean you become poor if you have to pay that. Nope. No, you, you'll still be wealthy. Yeah. And, and again, if you're not making $10 million, that means you do not pay the marginal tax. So... Those are the easiest ways. Raise the taxes on the wealthy. And then you, uh, only on, and the ultra, ultra wealthy. Those, and it's, and it's not all the earnings. It's just the earnings above really massive amounts that you tax a high amount. The regular amounts, you tax at the regular amount. 38%, whatever it is. Yeah, they'll be fine. I know they complain about it a lot and they, they have a real loud voice because they can, have their message put on media outlets and all kinds of stuff and they and they complain real loud and they can convince you with some of the stuff they're saying to get you all worked up about estate taxes and wealth taxes and marginal taxes it's all bs okay you gotta turn off that fox news Infowars crap okay and the uh, tea party people you know those were that tea party movement was started up by the Koch brothers wealthy billionaires yeah and the reason they were getting you riled up is because they wanted you you working-class person to fight against the state taxes uh, a tax that you are not going to be paying yeah, yeah if, you, if you're making 50 60 grand a year even 300 grand a year you're not paying the wealth tax or the estate tax or the marginal tax no sorry that, that's you're doing quite well good job but nowhere near enough to be paying those kind of taxes so yeah, they were kind of manipulating you, though, um, making you think all kinds of weird stuff about what healthcare as a right means, um, and, and they're really good at it. It's amazing how good they are at it, at getting people to fight against the right to go to a doctor. Amazing. It's amazing how you know, those coal barons are able to do it, you know, they buy ads and stuff and it's somehow you know 
that ad, it, it presents a message in just the way and it clicks with people in just the right way to make them think that a hospital being free is, is bad and it means like, like something to be scary of, scared of. Like, it's amazing how they're able to do it, but it, they genu- they're able to do that though. They were able to make you think that if healthcare was a right, it would be like the end of the world or something. You know, it would be like calamity, societal collapse, because we have hospitals. You know, even though we already have hospitals, you know, we already have people that devote their lives to working in healthcare. You know, so that would continue. You know, if healthcare was a right. And it, it, there wouldn't be no need for a cap on earnings either. Like, people would be able to earn as much as they want. You know, but it's it's amazing what money can buy. You know, money can buy messaging. And messaging that clicks with people in just the right way to make them think all kinds of crazy things. You know? Make them think that it's somehow because of a minimum wage mandate that there's more homeless people in a city. Like, really? You actually think that? Wow. And, 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 they, and they'll, they'll genuinely think that because that's what they're being told on their local news that Sinclair Broadcasting is telling them. You know, it's the $15 minimum wage that's causing the homeless rate. They won't really truly find a way to connect it, but they'll just say it. Um, you got to be careful with that if you're watching local news on Sinclair Broadcasting. That is a propaganda. Yeah. It's going to be a little more subtle because you're going to be watching broadcasters that you have been watching for years. And it, the switch to Sinclair may have been subtle and you might have not have even noticed. But uh, yeah, Sinclair owns tons of local broadcasting networks across the country. And it is propaganda. Yeah. But again, it's going to be more subtle. You might not have even noticed, but, yep, the way they present information, it's going to have a little skew to it, and uh, certainly if you watch Sinclair Broadcasting enough, you're probably going to have a propensity to vote Republican, yeah, and you're going to have certain, yeah, negative views of the Democratic policies and stuff, but it's a weird world, you know. People in power will do anything to stay in power, including buying messaging and buying media and all that kinds of stuff. You know, anything to kind of preserve their position. So, um, that's what you have. You know, four years after an organization cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, and then some of those corporations started firing people, like 10,000 of them, you have an increase in the homelessness rate. But some people are genuinely going to believe that it's because the minimum wage should be $15 an hour that that's why there's people that are homeless, because businesses can't afford that. No, they can. They can. If your business can't afford to pay any of its employees 15 an hour, or if that's too much for you to pay any employee, then you're paying yourself, the owner, too much. Yeah. You need to figure out something with your operating expenses. If you, the company, cannot afford to pay an employee $15 an hour, you maybe need to reassess whether or not you even have an employee. Yeah. 
but also how much you paying yourself. You paying yourself 300 grand a year? You might need to knock that down a smidge. Yeah, if you can't afford the person that is doing work for you. If you can't afford to pay them 15 an hour, yikes. Yeah, then you're probably offering a little on the margins there. So, you know, yeah, you're going to need to take a look at some stuff. If you're operating that close on the margins, where the expense of paying the person doing work for you, 15 an hour is like, oh my God, how am I going to do it? Yeah, that that's 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 really on the margins there. So I don't envy you. So I, I would certainly start with if you are paying yourself, the owner, a nice comfortable salary. I, I would start with knocking that down a smidge um, before you worry about complaining about having to pay that person that's doing work for you a bare minimum of fifteen an hour. Yeah. Same with McDonald's or any big massive corporation. If, they, if they're struggling to pay their people a minimum wage, why don't that just, <laughs> you know, drop the salary down a few percentage points of that one person that's making 20 to 25 mil? You could drop it all the way down to 10 mil. 10, 10 mil is still a pretty good salary. And that reduces your salary expense of 15 million. Even if you spread that out over 30,000 employees, you know, those 30,000 employees would appreciate it. Yep. So, yeah, even if it gets, even if it's a fairly small amount. And uh, employee satisfaction goes a long way. Can even increase productivity. Maybe even increase quality. No, probably won't increase quality at McDonald's because it's frozen hockey pucks that come in a box. You know, so you know, the quality's never going to be that good. But... We have emotional attachments to corporations that we need to find a way to disconnect from because they do a lot of damage, you know, especially when we get too reliant on them and then they decide to lay off 10,000 people. You know, that gets difficult. Those people can become homeless. You know, so. Good another meandering podcast today many things on the mind, the ongoing things, and the ongoing, like, hope for better options and such. So, hoping the next couple podcasts here, planning on, uh, I'm going to read some of my writings that I've done over the years, and, uh, yeah, hoping to get some more stuff out published uh, sometime over this next year. So stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Think it out loud.